Let me invite your attention to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. But um, as you're turning there, I, I, I just wanted to point this out. Every note of that arrangement of that, of that Christmas carol was written by Carl Casperson. Every note. That is his, his entire arrangement. Uh, all of those instrumental parts, all of that was Carl Casperson, um, which is, I mean, we, we knew that we had a gem when we hired him. We just didn't know we had a genius of a gem. Um, uh, it very, very exciting. Guys, um, I, I think you know that uh, the Christmas story is uh, pretty much confined to two books of the Bible. Um, Mark doesn't say a word. Uh, John doesn't say a word. Matthew gives us some. But the, uh, the book that gives us the most, the, uh, the one that gives us the most information about uh, the Christmas story is, of course, the Gospel of Matthew, uh, Gospel of Luke, excuse me. Uh, and, of course, it starts with the birth of John the Baptist. Um, that's, that's early on, or really the first half of chapter 1, is about John the Baptist. And then, uh, about the middle of the chapter, of uh, chapter 1, we start getting information about the coming of the Savior. And then, um, and then it pretty much concludes, um, oh, at the last, or about the first half of chapter 2, which is something that we'll discuss tomorrow night on um, Christmas Eve. But what we have here is um, the announcement to Mary that she is about to be the mother of the Christ child. Uh, the angel Gabriel shows up and all that. But what I, the only portion that I'm going to read is beginning in verse 46. Um, so you follow as I read this portion of God's word and the portion of the Christmas story, um, which are things that Mary says. Beginning at verse 46, Luke chapter 1. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humblest state of his servant, for behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent empty away. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God, that endures forever. You know, guys, there is, uh, there's so much to love about, uh, about the Christmas season. I, I, I won't bore you with trying to make a list of all of the things that we love. But, but were I to do so, or were we to do so, to make a list, I bet one thing that would be on all of our lists is the Christmas music, the Christmas songs, um, especially the religious ones. Mary, did you know? <laughs> and... Uh, the man 
Emmanuel. I mean, I just love to sing that stuff. It's um, it's it's a it's a very vital part, I think, of um, of the whole Christmas experience. I think, I mean, the music is the music is such a a, a big part of the of the Christmas experience, and it helps you focus on the central message of of what Christmas is all about. You know, I, I know you don't recognize this now, you, you, or you won't recognize um, this name. Uh, this guy's an 18th century Scottish political activist, so you probably won't recognize the name. But um, he was quoted in a Ravi Zacharias book. His name was Andrew Fletcher. And, and Andrew Fletcher said, uh, said this, and, and I've always been intrigued by this. He said, and I quote, Let me write the songs of a nation I care not who, write it, who writes its laws. Let me write the songs of a nation. I care not who, write, who writes the laws of the nation. I mean, what is he saying? I mean, is he saying that songs are more powerful than laws? Really? You know, um, I, I've thought about that much. Um, and, and one of the things that makes me think that maybe... Andrew Fletcher is onto something, and that, and that maybe he's right. Is for instance, um, our culture has sought to do everything possible to kind of scrub uh, the the, uh, the 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 public sector of anything uh, that's a reference to Christ, uh, nativity scenes. You can't have those anymore. <laughs> I can't, can't have those nativity, those nasty old dangerous nativity scenes. <coughs> Pardon me. In, in the public sector. Wow, that would just be awful. And you know what, you know what's still there? The songs. They're still singing our songs in the public sector, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I was in Washington, D.C. last week of all places. They're singing Emmanuel. In the malls in Washington, D.C. And so I, 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 maybe, maybe Andrew Fletcher is onto something. Maybe the songs are more powerful than the laws. You know, guys, I say all of that to, to, to simply say this. The text this morning that I just read you from Luke chapter 1 is a song. Did you know that? It's a song. Um, it's the song of Mary. It's, um, it's called the Magnificat. Have you ever heard of that? It's called the Magnificat because of the, the first word in the Latin translation, Magnificat. Um, in, in the history of Israel, when, when God did something new in a, in a decisively significant way, uh, it was customary to celebrate that new event with a song. For instance, when, um, when Israel came out of Egypt and they, they were caught there at the Red Sea and, and God parted the waters and they walked through dry shot and they got on the other side and then the, the Egyptian army followed them in and they were drowned. Once they got on the dry land, the, having watched all that, you know what they did? Moses wrote a song. And they sang a song. The Song of Moses. Um, a little bit later on in Judges chapter 5, when Deborah leads Israel in conquest over the Canaanites, 
They wrote a song. Uh, Deborah's song. And um, by the way, both are still sung in, in Judaism. Well, Gabriel shows up. Gabriel shows up and announces to Mary that she's about to be inhabited by God. So she sings a song. You know, and in a lot of ways, this song, Mary's song, is um, it's, it's so much more impressive than the other two, the Song of Moses or the Song of Deborah. It's so much more impressive. The reason I say it's more impressive is for this reason. The Song of Moses and the Song of Deborah both celebrate events that have already taken place. Mary's song is celebrating something that is going to take place. Mary's is not an expression of praise for what God just did. Mary's is, a, is an expression of faith. Did you, I didn't read this as a part of my text, but in verse 45 of Luke 1, it says, And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. You see, what, what, you, what, you, what you get in the Magnificat is a statement of Mary's faith. And it is very impressive, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, what she says is very impressive. The, the faith expressed is very impressive. The whole thing is impressive. And, and, um, and I, I use that word impressive because it's impressive. If for no other reason it's impressive... Um, because of what Mary faces as a result of what the angel just told her. Um, I mean, have you ever, have you ever realized, um, the difficulties which face it, face Mary now that this has happened? Mary is a virgin, but now she's a pregnant virgin. Now there's an oxymoron for you. Um, this song was sung uh, before there had been any birth. There were no shepherds hanging around. No wise men had showed up with their, their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. No, 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 no. None of that had happened. She sings this on the front end. This, this whole thing came out of the blue. Gabriel shows up and announces uh, that she's going to bear the Son of God and and... And she's singing as an expression of her faith, not knowing what this is going to cost her. Uh, she sings. She sings this song into the teeth of all of the people who would, who would doubt her story. She knows what her culture will think about her and, and say about her. This little pregnant, unmarried girl. Um... She knows that she's going to face all of the doubts and the, the raised eyebrows of, of, her, of her friends and neighbors. And, and, um, and when she tells them this cockamamie story about uh, an angel visited her, they'll look at her with these, with these glances and they'll say, <laughs> an angel visited you. <laughs> sure. Listen, honey, we know what you did. 
in, in the face of all of that, she sings. In spite of all of the potential dishonor that, are, dishonor that awaits her, she sings. Even her fiancé, that blue-collar fiancé of hers, Joseph, he had his doubts, and who could blame him? Uh, I mean, what, what, about, what about his plans for a big wedding? What about his plans for their future and his ambitions? This woman knows that what she's facing might not be pretty. And yet, because she believed, she, she sang. She sang this song, which is an expression of her faith. You know, guys, um, Rome, Rome makes Mary into some kind of goddess. And that's somewhat unfortunate. But we Protestants, we, we have reacted on the other end of the spectrum, which is, which is also unfortunate, because Mary is indeed the Theotokos, the mother of God. She's the highly favored one. And she's very impressive in her expression of faith. She takes the, she takes the word of an angel and in her belief, so excited about what she's just heard, she sings the Magnificat. What I want to do with you this morning is take a look at the Magnificat. I want you to see what faith sounds like. Um, what does faith say? How, how, does, how does faith talk? And, and very frankly, ladies and gentlemen, there's, there's, uh, we don't have time to cover it all in this, in this little text. I want to draw your attention to just three things. And, and maybe next year we'll come back and draw three more out of here. But I want you to see three things that faith says. That faith expresses itself in a new desire. In a, in, in a new um, realization. And then in a, in a whole new view of herself. Let me, let me show you what I mean. First of all, faith expresses itself in a new desire. Mary opens in verse 46 and says, My soul magnifies the Lord. You know what you do when you magnify something? You make it bigger. And, and Mary says that she longs to make him bigger. Longs to make him bigger in a culture Whose, whose eyes have been smeared over with a pack of lies. You know, um, our culture uh, dismisses God and, and belittles and, and scoffs. And so did hers. And so Mary says, I want to make him bigger. In the eyes of a culture that just doesn't seem quite able to see him. And you do know, ladies and gentlemen, that part of that is our fault. It's our fault because for so many of us, our God is pretty, pretty blasted small. So small that our culture has not gotten a glimpse of him through us. 
And for me, ladies and gentlemen, that is tragic. And, and, and for, you, for some of you as well. And, and tragic in this, recent, in this regard. Ladies and gentlemen, every now and then, we get another reminder of just how dark and black is this culture in which we find ourselves. We just got one about nine days ago. And you know the thing that grieves me, well, besides the loss of 20 little ones and six adults and a police officer, you know what gets me? Is that all, all that the media can talk about is mental illness and gun control. You know, ladies and gentlemen, maybe, maybe we should do something. I, I heard, is it Charles Krauthammer? Uh, he's a Fox contributor and supposedly a conservative. And, and what, what his solution is, is to, <laughs> is to raise or to lower the committal laws. That is, laws that we can commit you. <laughs> I mean, you do something pretty strange, uh, you know, maybe we can just get you committed. You know, ladies and gentlemen, as much as we might need to do something about gun control and, and, and mental illness, that is not the issue. You know that, don't you? Guys, the issue is that our culture has tried to replace Yahweh with Frosty the Snowman. And they pretty much succeeded. And, and, and the first thing that comes out of Mary's mouth is, once she's had this little conversation with Gabriel, gosh, I want God to get bigger. My soul magnifies. One of the things that faith says... Is it, oh, how I wish God were bigger. Oh, how I wish he were so big that people could see him better. Is that anywhere in your psyche? The desire to see God magnified, enlarged. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I say to you, uh, because I think this is immensely practical... You want to do something about Connecticut? We do, don't we? Then for heaven's sakes, don't send a teddy bear. Let's make sure that God gets bigger before a culture that wants to sing about Frosty the Snowman. That's our charge, ladies and gentlemen. That's, what, that's the way people of faith talk. They talk about how they can make God bigger. Mary believes Gabriel and she says, oh, that God would be bigger. Yes. Oh, that God would be bigger. The, the second thing that she says in here that I think is an expression of her faith my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Gang, 
if, um, if you spend any time studying the Magnificat, one of the things that you discover immediately is the, is the, the Old Testament imagery that is contained in this song. Um, she, she's describing God in images that, that, she's, that she's learned out of, in, her, in her childhood out of the Old Testament. And yet this idea in verse 47 of God my Savior... You know, that's not particularly an Old Testament theme. I'm not saying that God as Savior is not mentioned in the Old Testament. He is. But he's mentioned as a Savior about four times more um, in the New Testament. The idea of God as a Savior is a New Testament theme. Now, understand this too. This is Mary. This is the one that some have pray to. This is Mary who says that she rejoices in God, her Savior. Mary knows that she needs a Savior. A Savior from what? From sin. Her hope is in a Savior. Mary needs a Savior as much as any of us do, ladies and gentlemen. She's aware that her biggest problem is not what all the people are going to think about her. By the way, not one time does she mention in this song her fear of the culture and what they're going to think of her. That's not her number one concern. Her number one concern, or she knows that her biggest problem is her sin. And she rejoices that God has sent a a Savior for her sin. You know, gang, um, the the world tells us all that, that our problems are out there. You know, um... Economic disparity and racial disharmony and dysfunctional home life and and societal inequities. Our problems are out there. And it goes on to tell us that you have all of the resources within you to solve those problems. Whatever you aspire to do or be, you have all the power within you to make it happen. If you've got problems, they're out there. And you have everything inside of you to solve your problems. I want you to know that the Bible tells you the exact opposite. You know, I didn't know whether I was going to do this or not. I brought it with me just to see if... I'm not sure I should, but... Again, I'm one of the three or four people in this room that take the commercial appeal still. And um, on Saturday mornings, they have this thing called a faith forum where they've got these panelists. These panelists that, um, that they ask questions of. They're, they're religious leaders of the community. I, I was asked to do it. I turned it down because I figured I would stick my foot in my mouth. So I didn't do it. It was one of the smartest decisions I've ever made. But, of course, the, the question before the panel in yesterday's paper was about Connecticut. And these are, now these are, 
These are supposedly religious scholars, ladies and gentlemen. These are supposedly the the leaders of the faith community here in, in Memphis, Tennessee. And I want to read you just two sentences from one of these panelists who was addressing the issue of what happened in Connecticut. Just just two sentences. He says this. This season teaches that no matter how dark it is outside, it is always possible to find light. Listen. We don't need God, though, to stop the violence that is killing our children and police officers. God needs us to stop it. You know, I don't know what kind of point the man was making, but it doesn't excuse the fact that he said, we don't need God. (laughs) Because all of the resources that we need to solve all of our problems which are out there, all of the resources are in here. May I say it again, ladies and gentlemen? Christianity says the exact opposite. Your biggest problem, which Mary seems to understand, is on your inside. But, outside of you, God offers a remedy. He offers a wisdom to help us cope. But he also offers a savior for my sin. Ladies and gentlemen, the problems aren't out there. And the solutions aren't in here. And secular counseling will never mention to you that the power to, um, to change does not lie within you. I, re- I heard a... Um, a, a, a study, I guess it was, a research project by a clinical therapist, a clinical psychologist. It was a woman who, who pointed out that clinical therapy is down by, she said in the last 15 to 20 years, clinical therapy is down by 30%. That is 30% fewer people are going, are pursuing clinical therapy uh, from, from counselors. And so she was trying to figure out why, why is that true? Why is, why is there such a dip in, in clinical therapy? And this was her suggestion. This is what she came to. She said this, she said, years ago, uh, people would come into my office and they would say, they would say, uh, you need to help me understand myself because I need to change. She says, they don't come into my office like that anymore. When they come into my office, they say, um, I've got some very difficult people in my life. And um, you need to help me, you need to help me fix them. And this, ladies and gentlemen, this is where we are after 50 years of being bombarded with the need for self-esteem. My problem is not me. My problem is you. And so secular psychologist, secular counseling will never mention to you that, that 
that mankind obsessively and, and compulsively um, tramples the law of God. They'll never tell you that. And they'll never, they'll never mention Jesus Christ to you. Because Jesus Christ is a standing insult to self-esteem and self-confidence and self-reliance and to self-salvation schemes and to believing in myself. Gang, do you see how hopeless is the world's solutions? I can't control them. But they're not the problem anyway. The problem is my sin. And Mary knows that. I rejoice that I've got a Savior. There's my hope. My hope is that I've got a Savior because my biggest problem is my sin. It's not that I've got to fix you. I've got to get fixed. And the first step that must be taken is that I've got to come to terms with the God-provided Savior for my sin. Here's a woman who's expressing her faith and the thing that she loves to sing about is a Savior. I've got a Savior. I've got a Savior. The third item that I'd like to draw your attention to just is another expression of faith talking. Um is, she says, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. It's the same word that she uses in verse 38 when she says, I am the servant of the Lord. Guys, that's a little bit of an unfortunate translation of that Greek word. <clears throat> in the Greek language, there are two terms that can be translated servant. There's the word diakonos, from which we get our word deacon or diaconate, that's translated servant. And then there's the word doulos. Doulos, which means slave or bond slave. Um, the word that Mary uses here, both in verse 38 and 48, is not the word diakonos. She uses the word doulos. Gang, do you know the difference in a slave and a servant? A servant, a servant does menial tasks, but he gets paid to do it. A slave, a slave is property. A slave is owned. The master dispenses with the slave as he sees fit. Because the slave is property. You know, gang, one of the things, what, what I'm saying is that one of the things that faith ultimately does is that it fundamentally changes my view of myself. 
The language that Mary uses, calling herself a doulos, is the same language that Paul uses to describe himself. He doesn't call himself. Paul doesn't call himself a diakonos. He calls himself a doulos. He's a doulos, ladies and gentlemen. There's a vast difference between a doulos and a diakonos. And Mary calls herself a doulos. And that, and that may be language that you don't like. But ladies and gentlemen, when, when this God is to you what he was to Mary, you love being his doulos. I want to read you again. I want to read you just three verses out of this Magnificat. Because these, these, these verses are exhilarating to me. This is how Mary describes the God who owns her. Listen to this, guys. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich. He has sent away empty-handed. I belong to this God. And if you're a Christian, you belong to him too. And to belong to this God is an exalted privilege for Mary. It's an exalted privilege for me. It's an exalted privilege for you. I, I'm, I'm one of those slaves. So are you. You see, guys, what I'm saying is that when you come to faith in Jesus Christ, one of the things that happens is that you get a fundamentally changed view of yourself. I'm no longer the one who would say, I don't need God, I'll fix this myself. Do you know what he says about the proud and the high-minded? He says, oh, he's filled the hungry with good things. The hungry. Those who are emptied of themselves, but the rich, the rich he has sent away empty-handed. Which are you? Because, ladies and gentlemen, once faith takes hold of your soul, you 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 find being, you find belonging to this God. Your absolute delight. Faith expresses itself in a lot of ways, ladies and gentlemen. But three of the ways that faith expresses itself is there's a desire to see God get bigger. Is that, is that, you got that? There is a, there is a celebration that there's a remedy for my sin. I stop talking about your problems and worry about my own. And then there's, there's this rejoicing, this humility 
that comes from knowing that I belong to this God. This one. The hope is that realizing those things, ladies and gentlemen, for all of us, God will get bigger. Gang, if you belong to Jesus Christ, there is a lot to celebrate this Christmas. There's a lot to sing about. I guess the, the primary thing to celebrate is this. For unto us has been born a Savior. Our Father, I, I pray that you will remind your people through Mary's words the things that have happened to those of us who, um, who know you and, um, and belong to you. They are things that happen because you have opened our eyes to see the great beauty of the gospel. We have seen indeed that sin is our problem. And that the great need is for a Savior. We've also discovered that we're not in charge, that we never were, and that we have come into a, 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 a newfound relationship with the God who is in charge. And that has made us rejoice that we belong, that we're the property of a good and sovereign God. Father, knowing these things, would you give us an, a, a rich sense of celebration in these coming 72 hours? And while um, all of the gift wrapped and all of the ribbons get thrown away, underneath it all, remind us that there is a Savior. And because of who he is and what he's done, we belong to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the thing worth celebrating and the, and the thing worth singing. And we pray, of course, in Jesus' name. Amen.